of God, amen? Amen. We have a couple of treats this morning with us. Uh, delighted that uh, a dear sister of ours who's been a part of our fellowship for many, many years, uh, her and her husband were on staff with us years ago, and uh, God saw fit to move them to Iowa. And uh, But we have the delight of having Jessica... Disterhoff with us this morning. Jessica, I, I'm looking out now, and I don't see where you're seated, but you're out there somewhere. She's over here. Jessica, will you do there? She is right there. Will you guys, let's welcome Jessica. She's here with us this morning. Good to have you. And your marvelous family is back in Iowa. We are blessed. Thanks for being here. And Crystal Barnes is with her. She's been with us for three weeks now, and uh, they are all living in Texas. So, Crystal, wave your hand. It is great to have you with us as well. Praise the Lord. Uh, some hillside family returns and visits. We have another special treat with us this morning in that we have a baby dedication. And uh, in just a few moments, Cliff and Timmy Page and Dominic are going to be coming up here. And uh, he is going to be dedicated to the Lord. Uh, in fact, why don't I just invite you guys to come up at this time and uh, we will dedicate this young one to the Lord. Uh, we believe that in the New Testament it has been the practice of the children of God to bring their children and dedicating them to the Lord. And uh, so we follow that example. We do, we do not do water baptism. Come on all the way up, Jack. Uh, we don't do water baptism as infants. We believe that water baptism is an act of faith when the person, the individual, makes a decision to be a follower of Christ. And so it's at that point where they make that public declaration of faith in Christ and they make that public declaration of their life being dead and made alive and anew in Christ Jesus. And so today we're bringing Dominic to the Lord. And so let me see if he'll let me hold him. What do you think? <laughs> There's a good construction crew right here. <laughs> we're super excited. I want to ask you guys just a couple of questions. And... I know your heart, and I know where you're at. So the questions have to do with raising this young one in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Is it your heart's desire to raise him in the fear of the Lord? Yes, amen. And will you, at the earliest age possible, seek to lead him to the saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Yes, amen. And congregation, as it is their heart, to see this one come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Each of us will have a part in that. We get to be a part. We get to be an influence. We get to be an example and an ensampling of what it means to be a people of faith. So I'm going to ask you the question, and your response should be, we will. But will you also seek to live your life as an example to this young one amidst all of the young ones in our fellowship and seek to also be a part of this one coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Will you do that? We will. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to invite you to extend a hand forward, and we're going to pray by dedication to the Lord as he's chewing on some awesome stuff. Oh, it's his five-friend focus. He's already praying. That's a beautiful thing. <laughs> so I'm going to invite you guys, if you want to lay a hand on Dominic as well, and we're just going to pray a prayer of dedication. And he may want to have Mama hold him. <laughs> so I'll lay a hand on How's that? Father, we come in Jesus' name this morning, and we give you thanks for the little ones in our midst, specifically today, Dominic this morning. We are asking God, and we 
would ask your blessing and your anointing upon his life. That, God, you would grant him giftings beyond the natural man, supernatural giftings. Holy Spirit, even now, come upon him, we pray, fresh. And that, Lord, there would be both an anointing and a gifting from you, the, the operations of God being active in his life. We pray for Cliff and Kimmy and Layla and the rest of the family as they help to raise this young one. We pray, God, your blessing and your anointing as a father and as a mother and as a sister and as family members that they would do their part and that God, at the earliest age possible, he would commit his life to Jesus Christ to be Lord and Savior. And so, Father, we thank you, and by way of dedication, we bring him before you, and we ask, God, for your anointing and your blessing. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, may you bless, and we bring by dedication. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said a strong amen. Amen. Hey, let's give it up for these guys as they bring him before the Lord. Praise God. Love you guys. God bless you. Good job, Layla. <laughs> Cliffy kid. Praise God. A couple quick announcements, and then we'll dive into the Word. Um, first of all, we had our, well, let me just, let me look across the congregation for more. I see Dave and Sam are back from Honeymoon. Guys, good to see you. Woo! That's awesome. And uh, I see a couple of others over here that are newlyweds, and we're very excited for you, Cindy Sue. And uh, we're, we're just, we're thrilled to see what God is doing in our midst. Amen? We have some other young people who are being, uh, coming to the, uh, I guess the altar to be married, and that's uh, very, very exciting, so praise God. Um, I think this morning, before I even just share the two announcements, I was, uh, I was, while we were worshiping, I was trying to discern maybe what the Spirit was saying to me in my heart. Um, so I'm just going to ask this question real simply. Does someone have a word that you sense may be from the Holy Spirit? Just give a moment. you, I want you to know, I won't put you on the spot and have you come up here and share it, but if that's you and you think you have a word, I'm going to invite you, Pastor Dennis is sitting in the second row right here, second seat in, are you raising your hand in the back? Oh, okay, that was my son Matthew, I thought Pastor Matt might have said, I got a word, he's ready to preach, okay, why don't you... Come on, just come come here real quick, and Ron, you can turn my mic down for a sec. Raise me back up. Who knew that Ron had that much power? He can like shut me off. And <laughs> Thank you, Kirsten. Um, message, God will come through, even at the last moment, but God is faithful and he will come through. Now, that's, that's a word of knowledge, 
That's the Spirit of God in an operation. And here's the application. Is there someone here, and just by a way of raising hands, you're waiting on the Lord for something? If that's you, will you just raise your hand? And keep your hand up. Okay, I want you to look around real quick. Just look around at all of the hands that are up. And let me ask you a question. Do you think that maybe the Lord hears your cry? And that he would speak to our sister, speak to me, knowing that I was going to have that remembrance just when I would get up here, that there was a message for every person who definitively got their hand up. You're saying, I'm waiting for God. So, Kirsten, thank you for your sensitivity to the Spirit of God. Listen, folks, God will come through. If that's you and you've been waiting for the Lord, will you just, I'm going to invite you to stand and we're going to pray for you. And if you don't feel comfortable standing, that's fine too. But if you would just stand, we just want to pray for you. We want to believe God with you for those that were saying, I am waiting and I'm standing. Uh, Let's just, if you you want to grab a hand of someone next to you, that's fine. If you want to lay a hand on someone, that's fine. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, move a seed the encouragement of your spirit right now. That you are faithful and that you always come through. Even when it seems like the 11th hour, you are faithful and you are working. And so, God, we praise you and we thank you. And we ask, Lord, that every need represented, Lord, that we would have faith and trust in you and know that, Lord, you will supply and provide according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus, and that we can have confidence today, knowing that he who has begun a good work in us, he shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And so, God, we praise you, we thank you, and we ask, God, your blessing in Jesus' name. And everyone said a strong amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Two announcements. Number one, we're starting another 90-day challenge, Growing Your Faith. We are going through Genesis through 1 Samuel, three chapters a day. We technically, it started like a day and a half ago or two days ago, uh, but you can pick up today. There is like 50 of these. And if there's more than 50 that want to join the challenge, you can, the first 50 can grab these. Uh, and I would just invite you to do so. We are going to be moving into the Old Testament. When we finish the book of Revelation, we'll have a couple of weeks where we're going to spend some focus, I believe, on relationships within the house. And then we're going to be diving into Genesis chapter 1. So I want to invite you to just be reading ahead with us. It'll be a great opportunity to grow your faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Amen. Uh, second announcement, let's, uh, let me give twofold, uh, this is the third announcement, I guess. The second announcement is yesterday we had our first summer outreach with kids right here in the community, right here at Sunnyside Elementary School. We had about 25 kids that came, of which there were about six that were from our church, and so the 19 or so from within the community, 18, 19 kids from in the community. Uh, we had a lot of adults that stayed for our activities and our, our time of fun, our barbecue and all that was there. And it was just a great, great time. So thank you for your prayers. want to encourage you to pray. If you are a mama and papa with kids, Saturdays right here, noon to about 2.30, bring your kids. 
It is a great time. We're doing a lot of fun. We're doing a lot of games. Eventually, we'll actually introduce water in the game. So that's going to be a great time. Uh, at any rate, uh, we're loving on kids. And our sole purpose, our sole purpose is to love kids because kids matter. We love people because people matter. That's, we're, we're partnered with Bridgetown, uh, Marshall and Leslie Snyder. You know their ministry. They're in our fellowship. They're a part of our fellowship. And we're simply building relationship and seeking through relationship to share the love of Jesus Christ to children and to family members. Some cool stuff happened yesterday. I'm very excited about what God's doing. Then I just want to make mention that our, 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 uh, our Heart for the House campaign is officially over. We raised together, are you ready for this? You should sit on the edge of your seats, get ready to applaud. But we raised just at $90,000. Let's give it up for the Lord. That's huge. Great job. Super, super exciting. I'll give a complete update after the church camp out on where all statuses are with paperwork accounting, building purchase, monies in accounts, and all that kind of stuff. We'll do that on the 24th, so come and be prepared for that. All right, let's dive into the Word this morning, and we will conclude this morning's service with communion. We are in Revelation chapter 20, so turn in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 20. We're concluding. This was a two-part message that began last week. The title of the message was The Sentencing of Satan and Sinners. And sinners. And I I cautioned us in our understanding of sinners last week because sinners covers the whole spectrum of humanity. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a sinner also. Yeah, we're all sinners. We're all sinners. And if your faith is in Jesus, you're a sinner that has been saved by grace. The grace of God that brings salvation, the Bible tells us, has appeared to all men. And if your faith is in Jesus, you are a forgiven, born-again sinner. Now, I talked a little bit about the sinners that have been saved last week. I'm going to touch very, very quickly on that, and then we're going to dive into the portion that the text is referring to specifically, those whose faith is not in Christ Jesus. But let's read the text together. Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15. John writes, Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Father, in the next few moments, challenge our hearts, I pray. 
Lord, if there be areas of our life that we know that we are shy about or even timid about in the house of God, let alone in your presence, Lord, speak to our hearts conviction, and may we embrace, Lord, repentance, that we might walk upright in godly life in this present age. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. There is a final day of reckoning. There is a final day of reckoning that will come. And I believe it is a day that is soon before us. John tells us of seeing this great white throne in heaven. There is a throne, and it is established in eternity. And there is one who sits upon the throne, and he will bring judgment. Judgment has been entrusted to none other than Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. John tells us that the one sitting on the throne is so awesome, so awesome, that heaven and earth flee. There is no place found for them. Peter tells us in his epistle that these elements of this universe will melt with fervent heat. They will whoosh, be gone. They will flee. It is interesting to note that most men and most women, most of humanity, believe somehow that there is a way to get away with something. Have you ever thought in your own heart, man, I got away with that. I got away with that. But the reality is you don't get away with anything. You've heard the cliche, you can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. The reality is no man will make a mockery of God and be sure your sin will find you out. We can be certain. There is no hiding. There is no getting away with business deals that people have cheated on, those taxes that people have cheated on, those little white lies that we have spoken, those little speedings on the freeway when we saw the police officer up ahead and we slowed down as quickly as we can, and as we drove by, we saw him out there with his radar gun and we thought, I got away with that one. We didn't get away with it. There's a day of reckoning coming. Now the good news is, for all of us saved sinners, the penalty for our sin has already been paid. Can someone say amen? That's good news. Jesus took upon himself our chastisement upon his shoulders as well. Let me just say, Jesus bore our sin. The saved sinner sentencing has been sentenced upon Jesus. It has been sentenced upon him. Isaiah the prophet says it this way, he was wounded for our transgressions. The wounded there means he was put to death for our transgressions. The sentencing, the wages of sin is death. Jesus died in our place. Wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. 
the scripture goes on to say in Isaiah 53 and verse 6, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. It has been laid upon him. Thanks be to God for salvation. That through faith in Jesus Christ, the penalty for my sin is no longer upon my shoulders. My sin, your sin, is not counted against us. That's good news. That's good news. It's the gospel. By way of reminder, we will give an account. That's a reality. We will give an account for everything done in the flesh, whether good or bad. Every idle word we've spoken will give an account. That's going to be, that might even be kind of scary for us in this room. Right? I mean, think about it just for a moment. Think, think about your life just for a moment. And there's things, imagine, imagine, and I don't want to spend much time here because we get this, but I, I'm emphasizing it because sometimes we just discount and we let things happen in our lives that we ought not to happen. We just can't float by. Imagine there will be a day where in heaven this reward ceremony, we're going to stand at the Bema seat. And our lives are going to become open. And everyone gets to see it. The Bible says, Paul writing to the church in Corinth, he says, No foundation can be laid except that which has already been laid, Jesus Christ. If any man builds on that foundation, remember we emphasized the word if last week, if any man builds. What he builds with, he should pay attention to because there are materials, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble. The wood, hay, and stubble, the Bible says it will be tested and tried by fire. That which remains will be reward, so to speak. That which is consumed will just be burned up. It's there that our lives will be accounted for, so to speak. Not a one of us sitting in this room wants it all to be wood, hay, and stubble. Just consumed. The Bible does tell us that some will be in that state. They themselves will be in heaven, escaping as one through the flames. There's a challenge there for us, isn't there? Right? There's a challenge. Just nod your head if you recognize there's a challenge in that. Right? I, I, Jesus says, remember Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount when he says, Blessed are you when you are falsely persecuted. Blessed are you when you're falsely persecuted. The next statement he makes is magnanimous. For my name's sake. Blessed are you when you are persecuted for my name's sake. Listen, we do a whole lot of things not for his namesake, but for our namesake. That's the wood, hay, and stubble. Oh, that we would grasp the reality of for his namesake and live that way. For his namesake. Just nod your head if you say, I want to live more for his namesake rather than my own namesake. Yeah, are you with me? Okay, good. So, 
That's an important piece. And if you digest one thing today, one thing today in this regard, let's, let's digest that. I want to do more for his namesake. More for his namesake than for my namesake. Does that make sense? And some of us, maybe you already know some things you need to change. Because that has implications right now. You know there's some things I need to do different than I'm currently doing. Because some of the things I'm doing right now are for me. My namesake. Does that make sense? Okay. Let's, uh, let's just rejoice in this. We're justified. If your faith is in Christ, you've been justified. That's good news. That is just absolutely good news. And our names are written in his book. Now, let's talk about the unsaved sinner. Sentence. The unsaved. So who is this? Who are they? Verse 12 tells us, and I saw the dead, small and great. Verse 13 tells us, the sea gave up the dead who were in it. The, the, and death and Hades delivered up the dead that were in them. Listen, all from the beginning of mankind, the beginning of time, man, all humanity whose names are not written in the book of life will be called up to the great white throne judgment. So all whose faith is not in God. Faith in Christ. Now, Jesus tells us, wide is the gate, broad is the road that leads to death and destruction, and many enter through it. This is a massive amount. The who. Everyone sitting in this room knows someone presently who is in that class, in that group. Every one of us does. My prayer today that whomever it is that the Spirit of God just laid on your heart, when I said that, every one of us knows someone who is in that group. That person that God just laid on your heart, my prayer is you'd go after them, you'd go after them hard, hard. Because if the Spirit of God is faithful enough to reveal someone or someones to you, it's His promptings for you and I to go capture them, save, to rescue them. The Bible says, rescue those being led away to the slaughter, Proverbs chapter 24. Rescue those. He even goes on to say, don't you say we were not knowledgeable of it. Does not He who make you perceive your heart he knows and if he's revealed man let's go get him can i get a hearty amen can i get a hearty amen someone says well man that's work yeah the kingdom of god jesus said my father has been working from the beginning and i am working and we must work while it is still day amen amen okay so the who the next question is the how. How are they going to be sentenced? Verse 12 tells us, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. Here's a sobering thought. There are books in heaven. 
and in them are the writings of what all mankind has done. So imagine that for a moment. Everything that I do is being recorded in a book. Everything that you do is being recorded in a book. Everything that those who have no faith in Christ is being recorded in a book. For us, we're not going to be judged according to our works. We're going to be judged according to faith in Christ that we have received, or that grace we have received in Christ through faith. So Jesus, he, he becomes our advocate, if you will. He is the one who stands and makes intercession for us. He stands in the gap. But for them, they're going to stand for their works. Anybody here want to volunteer on that day and say, look, I'll do it on my own works? <laughs> Not a one of us. We're like, man, thanks be to God, Jesus took my stuff and exchanged it for grace. Hallelujah. So, the things which were written in the books, their works. Verse 13 goes on to say, and they were judged, each one according to his works. Let's talk about the books for a moment. The patriarchs, his patriarchs, wrote about them. Moses is the one who mentions these books or this particular book first. In Exodus chapter 32, verses 32 and 33, Yet now, if thou will forgive their sin, and if not, blot me, I pray, out of thy book, which you have written. And the Lord said to Moses, Whosoever have sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book. His princes, or the kings, wrote of this book. Specifically, David references it in the 69th Psalm. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living and not be written with the righteous. The prophets wrote of them. Daniel makes reference to it in regards to the great tribulation. It says, at that time Michael shall stand up, Daniel chapter 12, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered, Delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. The book, it's not a new idea. The books are not a new idea. The book of life is not a new idea. We've been told about it throughout the entirety of Scripture, from the patriarchs, the kings, the prophets, Jesus himself, the potentate. He said to his disciples these words, don't rejoice that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Thanks be to God. Names written in heaven. And fifthly, his pupils wrote of them. That's his disciples. It was a key word, his works, his pupils. <laughs> John. The author of the book of Revelation, at least five different times he refers to the books. In Revelation chapter 3, He that has overcome the same shall be clothed in white raiment. I will not blot out his name from the book of life. Rev 13, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb. Revelation 17, The beast that thou sawest was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. 
Revelation chapter 20, and I saw the dead, small and great, this is the verse of our text, before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And then verse 15 again, whoever's name was not found in the book was cast into the lake of fire. The books, sobering. For the unsaved, they will be judged according to their works. The reality, no man will be justified in the presence of God, and all whose names are not written in the book will be judged with certainty, with severity, and with quickness. And they will be cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. So, that brings us to the what? What will come in, into judgment? Well, it's their works and the outcome of that is the lake of fire, the second death. But twice we are told that every work will be brought into judgment. In fact, in our text is twice. But we also see this again throughout Scripture. Solomon in the Old Testament in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 he says, for God shall bring every work into judgment, every secret thing, whether good or whether it be evil. Everything will be brought into an account. Jesus said again in Matthew 12 and in Luke 12, I say to you that every idle word that men shall speak, they will give an account thereof in the day of judgment. Luke chapter 12, therefore whoever, whosoever you have uh, spoken in darkness, whatsoever you have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light, and that which you have spoken in the ear in the closet shall be proclaimed on the housetops. Again, very sobering. Maybe you have friends that you're thinking of very specifically that do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, and you know their lifestyle, you know their words, you know their actions, you know their behaviors, and you realize outside of that personal relationship that you share with Jesus Christ, their lacking will require their sentencing. If ever there was a need for us to communicate the love of God through Jesus Christ, if you've ever lacked motivation, chapter 20, of the book of Revelation should give sufficient motivation. Think of those that you love. Listen, the Bible says in relationship to love, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Some of us here may be timid and say, I, I don't want to tell someone about Jesus. I don't want to tell my friends about Jesus. They're not going to like me very much anymore. And we shrink back due to our own insecurities. Can I suggest something to you this morning? If you're seeking security in what your friends think of you, you're seeking security in all the wrong places. Our security is found in one. His name is Jesus. We ought to be living our lives as unto an audience of one. What does the Lord think? Listen to what Jesus says. If you deny me before men, what? I will deny you before my Father. Hey, folks, let's... Let's not work in that vein. Let's work in the vein I'm going to tell everybody regardless of what they think of me because I love them. I love them. Let's not shrink back from and 
be a respecter of persons, so to speak. I mean, there's a proper place for respect of persons. Everybody understand that. People don't go home and say, man, the one thing I got out of the sermon today was I don't have to respect people. You'd miss the point. But the Bible says don't be a respecter of persons in relationship to how we live. Does that make sense? We're the conveyors. We are Christ's ambassadors. Perhaps there's someone that you are thinking of right now. Maybe the Spirit of God is dropping them in your heart right now where you haven't said something because you have not wanted them to look at you differently. If that's the case, I want to invite you to pray for them and pray for another opportunity to communicate to them. In fact, I think that the Spirit of God will inspire you to create an opportunity to share, to jump right in. You'll feel it. You'll know it. Opportunity will rise and, oh, this is it. And then just speak the truth. Speak the truth. And if it's offensive to them, guess what? The gospel is offensive. Remember the words of the New Testament. Be leery when all men speak well of you. Listen, if all men are speaking well of us, we're not doing our job. Because no man is greater than his teacher, and they persecuted Jesus. Guess what they're going to do to his disciples? Persecute us. And if you're walking around with little persecution, there's a potential that you're not being very salty salt or very bright light. Ouch. But it's truth, right? So, they need us to be salty salt. They need us to be a bright shining light. No man lights a light and puts it under a bushel. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Are you hidden? Are you a city on a hill? Are you a lamp lit and a light post? Are you a lamp lit underneath the ottoman? Hey, let's be bright lights. Right? Amen? Okay. So Jesus said, Paul said it in the book of Romans, when God would judge the secrets of men, the author of the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 27 through 31, I won't read those. There is one thing for sure for everybody sitting in this room. One thing for sure. You want to be absolutely certain that when the rapture occurs, that your name is written in the Lamb's book. Can I get an amen? The most difficult person for you to lead in this room would be yourself. The most difficult person for you to bring change about in your life is yourself. If you're here today and you have not professed faith in Jesus Christ, the warning is put your faith in Jesus today. Do not harden your hearts as in the days of the rebellion. Put your faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sin. For every saved person, can we get a hearty amen? Amen. That's significant. So, we'll give an opportunity, if that's you, in just a moment, for you to express faith. For those of us who are saved, 
the judgment of reward is before us. The Bema Seat will receive our reward, the things whether good or bad. What is remaining will be a reward. It will be an offering, if you will, unto the Lord. Let's live right. Amen? Let's live a well-pleasing life to the Lord. For the unsaved sinner, the imminent reality of judgment, the second death, the resurrection of death and Hades only to be cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, which is forever and ever tormented. A scary reality. So let me conclude with these thoughts and we'll come to the communion table. The saved sinner's summons. Our sentence is reward. Their sentence is judgment. What does that mean for us today? What is our summons? We have a mission. We have a commission. The commission is to go. Matthew chapter 28, go into all the world and make disciples. Go into all the world and make disciples. Every one of us individually and all of us collectively have to ask ourselves the question, what am I doing in relationship to the Great Commission? What am I doing? Am I making disciples? You belong to a church that is about making disciples. Can I get an amen? What's the big deal? But when you stand and Jesus says, tell me about the Great Commission, you want to have something. I don't know if that's how it's going to transpire. But I'm just suggesting we're all part of the Great Commission. So as you ask yourself, what am I doing as part of the Great Commission? I want to just invite you to get involved. Get involved. Maybe you want to get involved in the children's ministry. We would say yes and amen. Every children's worker said, hallelujah, we want more. To disciple little ones. Maybe it's Maybe that's toddler town. Maybe it's kids town. Maybe it's the crew, our youth group. Maybe it's the young adults. Maybe it's a life group. Some place where you're making investment in someone's life. Maybe it's just you at the workplace and you want to have lunch with another guy or another gal. And you want to just invest. Hey, hallelujah. Just be engaged. Amen? Amen. So, the Great Commission. Listen, again. Not only the Great Commission, but the Great Mission. We are to rescue Proverbs chapter 24. Underline it. Highlight it. Absolutely. Get it in the forefront of your mind. Verses 11 and 12. In fact, turn in your Bibles real quick. Proverbs chapter 24. Proverbs 24, verses 11 and 12. Deliver those who are drawn toward death and hold back those stumbling to the slaughter. If you say, surely we did not know this, does not he who weighs the hearts consider it? He who keeps your soul, does he not know it? And will he not render to each one or each man, render to each man according to his deeds? Rescue those being led led, led away to the slaughter that are tending toward death. Rescue them. Uh, 
I, I'm saying if we could put it if we could put it in terms of this was a flat plain and people were simply walking and there was a fire at the very end, a giant furnace, and everybody was just walking toward the furnace like this in the world. And we're over here trying to rescue people. And like here comes one and we're just tackling them and dropping them on the ground and trying to turn them around. You get the visual? Man, we would set up, I mean, I'd get guys on my team like Chris Scarborough, who's just a big boy. You know, and I'd find some big dudes like Chris Davey, and we'd set up the line, and we'd be like, here they come. I'd get Darren McCarthy. You know, these big dudes, we're just going to lay them out. Lay them out. Think about that now in practical terms. What do we need to do to start laying some people out that are just walking? Here's the thing. Some people aren't walking. Some people are running. That's why we need guys that run fast. I saw Blake running fast yesterday at our kids' outreach. Man, he was buzzing around like a bee, literally. <laughs> any rate, he's moving. Man, he's catching some of those other dudes who are running fast. Guys like Sam Arch. When he was, I think, in high school, he ran like a 4-340. I mean, the guy's a huge guy. He's got to go run fast and tackle some dudes that I couldn't catch. They measured my 40-yard dash in a calendar. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> One lineman from high school got that. That was good time. All right, anyway, we've got an assignment. Rescue. Rescue. I'm so stoked that our fellowship is about the kingdom of God. And I love that it's a full house. And I love that our church is growing because people are giving their hearts to Jesus. And it's super, super exciting. But at the end of the day, you know it and I know it, that it will not be our seating capacity that matters. Jesus isn't going to say to us when we get there, hey, how big was your church? How many seats did you have? Did you fill it every week? That's not what it's going to be about. It's going to be our sending capacity. How many people were out doing the kingdom? Speaking and living the kingdom of God. Let's be about that. Let's be a part of that rescuing the mission. And then I close with this third thought, the great commission, the great mission, and the great admonition. Luke chapter 4, 14. We're told about a great banquet that was prepared. And those that were invited made excuses not to come. And the servants that went out went into the city, and they got the lame, the maimed, the blind, and the sick. But there was still room. And so the master said, go to the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. Our assignment is to go beyond the city, so to speak. Go beyond our normal realm of influence and to compel people to come into the kingdom of God, to compel. Here's the question in relationship to compelling. And each one of us could ask this question, and I mean this from the depths of my heart. I have to ask this question about me. I might even have to ask those around me that know me, just like we all should do this. Here's the question. Is my life Someone on the outside say, man, 
What you have, I need. I wish I had what you have. It might be your joy. It might be your peace. It might, I don't know what it looks like, but you ask yourself, is my life compelling? Is there something about my life that people on the outside go, there's something different about that person. And I just can't put my finger on it. There's something different. And there's something compelling about this. That's first. Then the second thing is we got to go communicate and make the compelling. We got to ask the questions. We got to inspire. We got to encourage. We got to pull. We got to drag. We got to tug. Anybody here ever try and tug someone? I got to get them. your life. Some of us, sometimes, well, let me ask it this way. <laughs> let me ask it this way. Has anybody here ever been around someone who is always just complaining about the day, complaining about what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. Raise your hand if that's you. I'd be like, oh, yeah. I don't mean raise your hand if that's you. You're like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> oh, guy. No, but the idea there is, listen, are you that one? Are you, like, when people come up to you, it's just the Jesus stuff. It's like, hey, bro, how are you? Oh, 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 man. Jesus. And you're building people up, and it's just the Jesus stuff. Well, I don't mean that you have to be overt about all those things, but just allowing Jesus to be revealed in you. Does that make sense? It's compelling. It's compelling. All right. I'd like to give an opportunity, if you're here this morning and you, you've not committed your life to Jesus, and you recognize today from just simply the, the text that outside of faith in Jesus Christ, I will stand before God in a future day, and I will be judged according to my works. And I recognize that the Bible already tells me that there is none righteous, no, not one. That outside of faith in Jesus Christ, there will be none justified before the Father. And that eternity, that means my eternal destiny, is to be separated from God for eternity in a place called the lake of fire and brimstone, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, and where the flame is never quenched and the worm never dies. And it's eternal. And you say... I do not want to spend eternity there. And you'd say today, I want to put my faith in Jesus Christ who died a substitutionary death for me that I need not die that way. That my judgment, my chastisement could be upon his shoulders by my expression of faith saying, I'm putting my trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of my sins. If that's you today, and you'd simply say yes to Jesus, eyes open and heads up, if that's you and you just say, I want to put my faith in Jesus, will you just extend an arm and say, remember me? I see that hand right here, brother. God bless you. I see that one in the back. God bless you. Anybody else? Just look them real quick. Two brothers. Praise God. Good stuff. Yeah, come on. That's big. Man, eyes open. Right? Declarations. Yes and amen. That's huge. I'm going to pray with you, both of you. Somebody else, you just say yes. Anybody else? Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, I've committed my life to Christ in the past, 
but I'm not living very well right now, and I realize that. I know my works are going to be kind of tried by fire, and that's a little bit alarming for me, and I want to kind of get things right. I want to get it right. And I just want to, by today, I just want to recommit my life to the Lord. I want to make that decision. I am going to live for Jesus to the best of my ability, by the power of the Spirit of God dwelling in me for the rest of my days. I just want to recommit my life. Is there anybody here? Just by a show of hands. I see that one right there. Anybody else? Got a couple. Got this one right here in the front. Someone else? Two. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? You say, man, I know I need it. Give me just a moment. Boom, boom, boom. All right. Two hands. Excellent. Excellent. God bless you guys. That's a big deal. All right. We're going to pray. Then we're going to come to the communion table. At the communion table, we're just going to seal these things, and then we're going to be dismissed. There is no evening service tonight. There is no youth tonight. Fourth of July weekend, we want you to enjoy some family time. Is there an amen? Hey. <laughs> no, you're going to come back to Sunday evening starting next week. Uh, let's pray and ask God's blessing, and then we're going to invite our elders to come and serve us communion. Father, thank you for these two that have raised their hand and said yes to Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. The Bible says it is by grace we have been saved through faith, this not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. If we confess with our mouth Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. Lord, we, together this morning, with these two who express faith by raising their hand, we simply declare, Jesus Christ is Lord. Let's say that together, everybody. Jesus Christ is Lord. Lord, will you be Lord in our lives, Savior and Lord. Father, for these two that have said yes, we simply say, welcome to the family of God. Hallelujah. What a great day. Praise God. Praise God. Father, for the two who simply by way of recommitment say, I want to serve the Lord with my whole heart. Lord, regardless of the stuff and the minutia and the, all the things that can happen in this day and age, in all reality, there's one thing that matters. Faith in Christ. All things are justified in the eyes of the Father. And so, Today, they're saying, for the rest of my days, I want with the power of the Spirit of God dwelling in me and with everything that I am to serve the Lord. Lord, we all say yay and amen to that. So for these two who said yes, Lord, we rejoice and we simply say, yes, God, will you take our lives, help us, help them, help us to live each day for your glory and for your namesake, making famous the name of Jesus, not our own name. God, we bless your name, and we ask these things in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said a strong amen. Amen. I'm going to invite our elders to come forward at this time. If you'd come to prepare to serve us communion this morning, what we're going to do, we're all going to stand in just a moment, and when we stand, we'll be dismissed in a moment to move to the, to the center aisle, receive the communion emblems, then make our way back to our seat. We'll receive them all together after everybody has been served. We'll pray, we'll give thanks to the Lord, we'll seal these things, and then we'll receive communion, and then we will be blessed. Our worship team is coming back as well at this time, and uh, they'll conclude us in a song. As these gentlemen are getting uh, set up, let me just say two things in regards to communion. Communion is open to all believers. We would invite you as a believer in Christ to participate in communion.
And we want to receive it all together, that we would wait till all are served, that we might receive communion together. So at this time, I would invite you to stand, and will you come and receive from our brothers, making your way to the center aisle. You can come forward, receive, and then make your way back, and we'll receive together in a few moments.
same night in which Jesus was betrayed, prior to going to the garden, that last supper, with his disciples, a supper that he had longed to share with them. In the midst of the supper, he took the bread, broke the bread, giving thanks. He said to his disciples, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This bread is representative of the body of Christ. Again, it is a piece of matzah bread. Matzah is without leaven. There's no yeast in this bread. Leaven in the scripture is a type of sin. Christ is without sin. Thanks be to God. He is a sufficient sacrifice. But you'll note that the bread has holes in it and it has scores on it. The prophet Zechariah reminds us they will look upon the one in whom they have pierced to this very day. Jews, during the time of the Passover, when they partake of matzah bread, and they look upon the bread, they literally, by way of type, are looking upon the one whom they have pierced. Isaiah, as I read earlier, declared, it is by his stripes we are healed. We find salvation in Christ and in Christ alone. Father, today we give you thanks for the bread, and by way of remembrance, even today, as we consider the Scripture, as we consider the Word of God, and as we partake of communion together today, we remember what Jesus did for us. God, you made him who knew no sin to become sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. You demonstrated your love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We give you thanks today. Let's partake of the bread together. Father, we love you. I invite you to stand if you're not already standing. Will you stand with me this morning as we hold the cup? The cup is an emblem. It's filled with juice. It is a representation of the cup that was partaken of after the supper which would have been the third cup of that Seder meal, that Passover meal. It is called the cup of redemption. And Jesus made a declaration at that meal. He said, this cup is the cup of the new covenant. The new covenant in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. He said, by partaking, if you will, of this cup, you are a willful participant in the new covenant. Faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And so today, in just a moment, we're all going to be partaking willingly, saying, I am, I am a participant in the cup of redemption that was provided for me by Jesus Christ, my Savior. My sin is forgiven. Hallelujah. Your sin is forgiven. Hallelujah. And we've been justified. Jesus also said, in relationship to the fourth cup, the cup of the ingathering, he said, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine again until we partake together in heaven. The day is coming where we will all, whose faith is in Jesus, we will all be participants of the cup at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And that is a day in front of us that is very, very exciting. Father, today we thank you.
for the new covenant. A new covenant by faith, it's grace by faith in Jesus Christ. For those who said yes to Jesus today, we rejoice with them. This is a, this is a public declaration of their faith in Jesus Christ, participants of the new covenant. For all of us, it's that declaration of faith. It is our public declaration. We are willing participants in the new covenant of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. We give you thanks today, Father, for your great plan of salvation. We give you thanks today, Jesus, for your obedience, even unto death, death upon a cross. And we give you thanks today, Holy Spirit, for you are the revealer of Jesus to us. Let's partake together of this cup. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Pastor Dennis, do we want to sing that that chorus as a way of benediction this morning? Will you lead us? Thank you, brother. Let's sing this together by way of benediction. God bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Have a good afternoon.